Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, and I'm here to help you be poderosa with your dinero. I'm an engineer, a blogger, and an entrepreneur that built a $50,000 side hustle, and I'm obsessed with all things personal finance. On this show, we're going to talk about how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and how to make it grow. Are you ready? Vámonos. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice, and today's episode features Laura Fortuna of The Fortune Coach. Laura is a Latina entrepreneur, Dominicana, tax accountant, public speaker, and an NFEC certified financial education instructor. As a personal finance coach, Laura educates Latinas through her Instagram community of Money Comadritas at The Fortune Coach and by sending out a monthly CFO newsletter. Laura's mission is to financially empower the Latino community one woman at a time. She graduated from Salem State University's Business and Accounting undergraduate program. She holds a master's in accounting from Northeastern University in Boston, and she is also a certified public accountant in Massachusetts. Laura, thank you so much for being here. Gracias for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So I found you on Instagram, which is basically where I find all of these amazing Latinas that are doing things in personal finance. And so I would just love to start off with having you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us who you are, what you do. Sure. Thank you. I am Laura Fortuna. I am Dominicana and live here in Massachusetts, close to the city of Boston. What do I do? I do many things. Um, but on Instagram, I am building a community of 
for Latina women mm -hmm. to educate them on personal finance. Be outside of Instagram, I am an accountant. So I'm a certified public accountant in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, specifically, I do um, uh, income tax for organizations, not personal income tax. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have a profession in like business and finance, if you want to call it. So that's kind of how I was drawn into this space of personal finance through my experience navigating the whole money topic in my personal life. Um, but my background in business and accounting was what made me realize that I can actually use that knowledge and apply it to my personal uh, personal financial life. Okay. Got it. So we're going to get all into your career trajectory and how you became, you know, what inspired you to become a tax professional and a financial coach. But I'm curious because we all as Latinas have a money story, right? We all have a place, a people that influences how we move with money, how we feel about money. And so I'm curious what your situation was like growing up. How did you learn about money? What was your relationship with money built on? Well, just like many people, I didn't learn about money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was born in San Cristobal, a Dominican Republic, and I moved to the U.S. when I was 18 years old, so right after high school. Uh, growing up, I grew up in a single kind of, you know, a single woman household. Mm -hmm. uh, I was raised by my grandmother primarily because my mom had to emigrate to, you know, to look for, uh, to search for a better life for the children. <laughs> and so she was the provider of money and my father was not uh, present. Um, and so it was basically, uh, it was dramatic in terms of, you know, there was not much money going around. <laughs> yeah. And um, so my mom used to send the money, you know, like many Hispanics can, uh, you know, can relate to. Um, she used to send the money and my grandmother was the manager of that money. So I basically didn't have hobbies because there was no money to pay for it. And I was just a student. I, I Since I, I didn't have that much going on uh, in my family because of the financial situation we had, that of a situation of limited resources, I concentrated on going to school because that was what my family, what was important for my grandmother and my mother, that I go to school and I do good so that I wouldn't repeat, have to repeat the same pattern of, you know, you come to this world to have children and a husband. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I did. And for high school, I that was my hobby. And that's what I did. <laughs> Take care of my school and and also, you know, hacer los oficios de la casa. Mm -hmm. Those were my two things. Right. And so after I graduated from high school, I didn't necessarily know what I was going to do after. Mm -hmm. uh, all I knew is that I was going to go to the U.S. because that was that was that was the next step. <laughs> and, and I didn't even start university right away. I waited two years. So I started school at 20 years old. 
and and I just continue my habits of going to school and doing what I had to do. So when you came to the U.S., you were with your mom. Yes, I from the Dominican Republic. I moved to St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. Okay. That's where my mom my mom has been living for like more than twenty years, and there I studied. I started university. And two years after, I moved to Boston to continue my education. And the rest is history. <laughs> Got it. So why don't you talk us through your career trajectory and how you actually came to work in the tax and finance space? Yes. So it's basically nothing was planned. It was it was all, you know, you get involved in something. And I kept my eyes open, just listening to my professors. I didn't have, I'm the first person to graduate from university in my family mm-hmm. or to even go to university. Um, so it was just through the through school that I listened to my professors. And they if they said, okay, you're studying business, but there are different ways that you can specialized. So just my classes draw me to a accountant to begin with. And I consider myself to be like a, that's kind of how my brain works. I like to calculate. I like to keep track of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then while, and then I concentrated in accounting and then through the classes that I was taking in accounting, then I had choices of what specialty I wanted to do inside of accounting. And just knowing me, I was naturally drawn toward to to tax work um, because it was very new to me. Uh, in the Dominican Republic, you, the tax structure is not like here in the U.S. So it was very... What's the difference? Well, there is no um, like formal process that, uh, as long as I know, that, you know, the citizens have to file their taxes every year mm-hmm. and just, you know, paying into Social Security, paying for state tax is usually like a national level tax. So here in the U.S. is very it gets very complex, as you know, it, it, it goes all the way to like city tax, state tax, U.S. tax even foreign income tax, like it's, it's very advanced here in the U S. So I, you know, as I was taking my classes, I said, man, this is really interesting. And I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just going to go down that path. (laughs) And, and that's what I did. I I didn't plan for it. I was just focused on, and, and kind of listening. I growing up, it was very clear to me that, I had to educate myself because um, that was my ticket to break in that cycle of, you know, of not only poverty, but also that cycle of you are a woman and you come to this world to have children and take care of the kids and the And so even though my family didn't have money growing up, we just had enough to pay the bills. Uh, at least my family, I think many Hispanic families are really, um, you know, every parent's dream is I want my kids to get an education. And and I I just saw that it was not only like a, it was not like a luxury for me. For me, it was like 
it was a, a matter of survival. Like I didn't want to experience what I experienced when I was growing up. So I was going to study and I didn't know what the future <laughs> held for me, but I was going to just go that, down that path and try it out. That is such a common story for Latinos in general. I think that's the same reason why I ended up in engineering because I saw like the struggle of my family and I'm like, I need to just get into a career that is going to make money. Um, and, you know, our, our families put so much emphasis on education because they see that as the only way out. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And especially when you, when you are raised by single moms, you see the struggle and you say, man, if my mom, like, I appreciate everything that our moms do, you know, they go to work and they sacrifice so much for us. Um, so for me, it was a way to pay back. Mm, yeah, that's very, very, that resonates a lot with me too. Okay. So I'm curious because, you know, we know that discrimination is a real thing in this country. We're seeing it play out yet again on the news. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. curious, how have you faced discrimination in the field of personal finance or finance in general or accounting? Because that, as we know, the world of finance is a very white male world. Yes, very much. <laughs> um, you know, I have never even though I come from such a small town in the Dominican Republic, mm -hmm. I I remember as soon as I moved to the U.S. and I always tried to socialize with people that looked like me and people that didn't look like me. So by doing that, I learned that I'm just a person like them mm -hmm. and that... And that if I have a dream, I can, and I don't know how to get there, I can at least, instead of seeing the people that look different than me as they and me, it's more like, oh, I can ask them and they can help me to move forward. Mm -hmm. So I never saw myself as... I'm a Latina and these are the disadvantages that I have as a Latina. I, I more looked at it as, wow, I'm in the U.S. There's like a lot of things that you can do here. And, you know, as a matter of like, because of like luck and me being involved in areas that <laughs> traditionally I didn't have any business in there. Mm -hmm. um, I said, you know. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, no one in my family or friends even understand what I'm doing, but I have friends, but I have classmates and we are all here trying to get an education. And if I don't know this, I'm going to ask them and I will ask them what they're doing, <laughs> what their plans are for after we graduate. So I basically started to learn to, to hack the system. Mm -hmm. I, by being with people that didn't look like me, I learned from them how they did things. And if I needed to do a resume, then I would go and find ways to seek out help from those that knew more than I did. Mm -hmm. And if they, if I knew they were trying to apply for an internship for this and that, 
I there it never crossed my mind as I'm a Latina. I have to, you know, I shouldn't be there. I will get into the like I would get in trouble by going into these spaces. And then when I'm in the middle of it, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. Like, what, what, you know, that's where the imposter syndrome will kick in. Yes. But it's after the fact, after I'm already in there. <laughs> <laughs> because many of the things I didn't really think them through, I was more like, okay, they are in accounting. Their plan is to do this. I'm going to do it too, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it, it, it but then once I actually got my real job in in accounting, and again, I didn't start in a small kind of company. I went for a big accounting, like multinational accounting firm, where there, the representation of people of of color and Latinas is are even much smaller. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like white central. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't, we're not even talking like women. We're talking white male women, but then I'm here as a Latina. And then you go, you get into these spaces. And for me, I felt it was so overwhelming because you bring in, um, <laughs> this is a good one. Um, you bring in a lot, a lot of baggage. Yeah. And you want to do your best for the Latinos mm-hmm. because you're basically you're representing them. Absolutely. Give me a second. Yeah, no, I girl, I know what you mean. So that. Just navigating that space where you don't belong, where you feel that you don't belong, but you're there and you're trying. And um, so again, even though I was there, I I said, okay, <laughs> like I'm here. Um, and I started just seeking out the same people that looked like me, even though there were very few of them. <laughs> And and I knew there were Latino networks within my company. So I I found ways to use the culture of the places that I that I put myself in and to learn from it instead of you know focusing on the disadvantages. I didn't necessarily experience um discrimination but there was something very interesting that happened to me once um when I was an intern in the same company that I eventually went to work for I always had my hair straight Mm. and because you know (laughs) oh my god that's another story like you know (laughs) if you have curly hair yeah you have been told that you need to have it straight because straight is nicer um I always wore it straight and I spent my money on that because, you know, that's what you do. Right. right. And then one day I couldn't go. One weekend I decided, you know, I'm just not going to go to the hair salon. I'm not going to get my Dominican blowout. Mm-hmm. And on Monday I'm going to show up with my hair curly as is. <laughs> so one of the directors of my department 
came to me and they asked me what happened to you. What? Yeah. Like what? And I say, what do you mean? He said, well, what happened to your hair? And I, you didn't have time to take care of it. Oh my God. And that was a wake up call for me because as an intern, I was in a room with other interns and there were only, there was only one and another Hispanic male in the room and everybody else were like white and Asian because there are a lot of Asian in, in, in accounting. Mm -hmm. And they looked around and say, what, what do you mean? So-and-so, you know, his name. And he said, you don't like her hair. (laughs) And, and then that's when he realized that he made a mistake and he said, oh, no, I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to. It's just that I'm not used to seeing you this way. And I said, and that day I decided that I was not going to wear my hair straight ever again. Wow. Good because, for you. Yeah, because I said, this is a problem. And it looks like I have been a, 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 a part of the problem. So I never did. And after this, the more I did it, uh, people got used to it. And other women, uh, not only the Latino women in the group, but also African-Americans, they uh, eventually, you know, I got comments saying, you know, I really like what you do. But these are like little things that you don't think about it. But (laughs) if you if when things happen, like what happened to me happen, then you realize that sometimes we if we want things to change we need to we need to examine ourselves and see how we from ourselves we can change what needs to be changed absolutely oh um, my god that's so powerful i know so that. it's like you know i was never i have never been really discriminated oh sometimes of course the usual one um where i have been in offices and they think that you know, I mean, I'm a secretary or, mm-hmm. or I am the, the cleaning person. So even where I live here, uh, my neighbors thought I was the housekeeper. Oh my God. Because I'm, I'm married to a non-Hispanic. Um, and, uh, you know, I had those little microaggressions uh, when people don't really know your story, but still it's my job to use my position and what I have right now to make people understand that their um what they think of Hispanic people, it's not right. And if I have to tell a non-Hispanic person, you know, a piece of my mind, I will do so. I will Absolutely. give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, like it's, we all have, I have had those little instances, but I haven't allowed them to really, um, I, 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 what I do is when I, when those things have happened, I will just reflect on them and say, what am I doing that, what did this happen? What did I, did I have any, um, did it, was it something that I did or I didn't do? that created this environment and if there's something in my power to do it then I will do it so if it was in my power to wear my hair curly so that's what I did 
Yeah. If it's in my power to explain to someone how the Hispanic culture works or how my culture as a Dominican works and that person is willing to hear me, I, I will explain it to them because many people don't understand. That is so important. And I think that's something we all have to do. Yeah. Because the same way they assume things about me, I shouldn't be assuming things about them either. Yeah. We're just continuing and perpetuating that cycle of yeah. ignorance. Exactly. Wow. Well, thank you. That's a powerful story. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, microaggressions are something that many of us deal with at work. I know personally, I've had like performance reviews where, you know, I'm told that like my communication style is too aggressive because, oh, yeah. you know, I can't tell mm -hmm. men what to do because then they get their feelings hurt. And God forbid, you know, it's like in, so many things. In my case, I have never, I, in the past, it was not that I had, that I was um, assertive. It was the opposite. I was very, you know, you're a good girl, you do what you're told. Um, yeah. But after being in that, you know, accounting experience that I that I described and being in that um, environment where it's these are sometimes very large companies and you just feel like you're just a number. Mm -hmm. um, it, that experience really... Um, really marked like a before and after for me because I, I I suffered a lot of trauma because of that. And I had to, um, not necessarily because of the hair incident, <laughs> but, you know, just a lot of things that happened during that time that I eventually had to take care of it by going to therapy. And therapy allowed me to basically understand my past but also understand that I have a voice that I can use it and and that I'm worth it amen so now I have my opinions yes you know and that's why I'm on Instagram talking about money is because I have an opinion I am worth it and so are you and it's okay I love that so let's so, get into what you're doing now. So you have decided to become a financial coach, right? You're, you have a brand that you tell us about it. And so I am a multi-passionate person because I'm still employed. I am, I am a full-time accountant. And the fortune coach is a, it's my, it's a, my, a different way that I can contribute through my experience and my work. So being an accountant is very dry, if you want to call it, because it's, you know, sitting in front of spreadsheets and things like that. And I absolutely love my work. But there are, I, I, I decided that I can help more my people because I work, I keep working with a lot of non-Hispanic. <laughs> so, but I said, I need to use my experience and my um what is it that they call what is it my privilege because i understand i i i i have a privileged a career if you want to call it yeah so i want to use that privilege that i acquired it was not given to me by the way mm. so that i can use that to do something that's bigger than me Awesome. So the so 
what am I doing? I am, I'm an accountant and I'm also facilitating the money conversation as uh, through the fortune coach, the fortune coach. I'm not the fortune coach. The fortune coach is, it's an intermediary if you want to call it because the fortune coach, my vision for the coach fortune coach is, uh, I want to have an army of coaches that can teach the Latinas how to use and understand their money. Mm. So there people can learn their information. Today we are on, on day number four of a five week bootcamp that I'm running. And um, the next one will open in July. And it's basically, um, my goal is to just have a courses and boot camps where people can actually do the work. Um, and so the Fortune Coach is a community. It's an academy. It's a place where we can not only talk about money, but talk about the different things that have nothing to do with how we manage the money but more about things that affect the our bottom line our money so that can not that doesn't that's not only you know pay gap career <laughs> a mental health um you know all of that that at the end of the day a you know the way we relate with money sometimes has nothing to do with money to begin with mm, yeah so true. So, so it's a, so the fortune coach is basically your place, a place where Latinas can come, talk about it, talk about anything that is affecting their financial life. And my hope is. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. 
Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Is that we all contribute to the fortune coach. And then I, me with my, with my efforts, I can provide to the comadritas, as I call them. <laughs> the, the, my goal is to turn all the comadritas into a chief fortune officer. Oh, I love that. So, you know, in, in business, you have CFOs, and but I want them to be um, to manage their money like a, like a CFO. Mm. So that's what the fortune coach is about. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So not only are you working full time, but now you are on an entrepreneurial path. So I'm yes. curious, as someone who is an accountant, how, you know, what advice do you have for Latinas who have entrepreneurial dreams? First of all, you know, I'm not an entrepreneurial coach, but through my own experience is you need, to, I have noticed that first you need to understand what your, what the reason why you think whatever you're trying to do is important start from kind of the heart what's the what's the problem that you're trying to solve and then once you go down that path and you know it's going to be messy sometimes you you will have no idea for a while what exactly you're supposed to be doing um and at some point the journey will guide you you might have to get education and you might have to do this and you know, make sacrifices and work after you work on your regular job. But once you're actually making money, let's say, out of your entrepreneurial dreams, whatever that means for you, uh, and as a tax professional, professional, I can. Oh, there's two things that are very basic, and and I experienced this with my mom because my mom is a taxi driver in the Virgin Islands. And so it's a small business. And what I highly recommend is track your income and expenses and learn to do estimated tax payments. So can you talk a little bit about what that means for anybody who is a side hustler? You know, side hustles are so, yeah. so big nowadays. And I think a lot of people, before they get into side hustles or starting businesses, they start they worry about the tax impl implications and like, what should they be focusing on from that perspective? Yeah. So when you're an employee, it's very easy because the company basically just knows what percentage they need to take out of your income and they take it away from your paycheck and then they send it to the IRS. But when you are a self-employed person, you need, and even if you are a contractor for a company, meaning you are getting a form called 1099 miscellaneous or, you know, if you're an Uber driver or, or they're all different norm, names that they have, um, you need to understand what are the different taxes that apply to that income. So that could be not only your federal taxes, but your like your federal income tax. It can also be your federal, you know, Social Security, Medicare, unemployment if you are not, if you are self employed you're pay, paying your portion and the employer's 
portion because you are your employer. Um, so self-employment taxes are another thing. Now, you know, states have family leave a insurance that you need to, they call it an insurance, but to me, it's like a tax yeah. <laughs> that you pay. <laughs> um, what else? So basically what I recommend is that you sit down and the IRS website is my favorite. It's one of my favorite websites. <laughs> I, I really don't think a lot of people it. can say that. But. <laughs> right. Like, you know, but I'm a tax accountant. Like, right. I really love to go in there and there's like so much great information. There's also another website called uh, by the, the consumerfinance.gov mm-hmm. um, by, by the consumer financial protection bureau where there's also like information uh, that helps American consumer, but also um, sometimes provide information of what uh, a self-employed person needs. But once you make a list of like all the different taxes, and that's even taxes, we're not even talking about if you want to save for retirement, if you want to, you know, it's like yeah. break it into pieces. First, understand all the different taxes and come up with a percentage, which is it's possible to come up with a percentage. Um, and, and once you have that, then and you know what the percentage is. Every single dollar that you make, you need to commit to take that percentage and completely forget about it and say, this is for taxes, no discussion. And learn that if you have then a problem with you need to raise more revenue, then you need to think about how can I raise the revenue. But taxes is one thing that I think people should not, shouldn't, it, it's not up to discussion. Yeah, you have <laughs> to plan for it. Right, and you just have to plan for it. And then once you have that, then then we go into other discussions. Should you be assigning a, a, a salary for you mm-hmm. and not treat your side gig or your entrepreneurial activities as your personal bank, Mm. you know, because then that means that's where you get in trouble because you are treating, you're, you're not treating it as a business. Yeah. 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 For me as a business owner, one of the big game changers was separating my business and personal expenses because when tax time came, it was awful trying yeah. to figure out what the hell is this and what is that and what money did I spend? I have no idea. So I think some basic things like that. And um, so I use a rule of thumb of setting aside 30% of all of my revenue for yes. taxes. Um, yes. Does that make sense? Is that too high, too low? Or is it based on just case like uh, Um. So right now, I haven't calculated it for my fortune coach because I'm not making any money out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that takes me, time. It takes time. But um, so it's all, you know, it's, I wouldn't say 30% because it's really, um, at the end of the day, like maybe we will have to sit down and really, I, I don't have an answer of like yeah. what percentage you should be doing. Um. Because, because you're like, I don't know. I don't know what percentage you should be doing. But you, what you need to make sure you are doing is that you understand what the different tax implications are, what the percentages are, what's the total 
like if if social security is x amount of percent of your income and and your state is six percent and blah blah blah, at some point it will all add up Mm -hmm. and you said jesus i i will be subject to like 20 percent on this thing yeah on every single dollar that i make so okay so i guess if you if i want to be saved then let me do 25 Mm-hmm. And then once that's done, then you basically, you take it out and you say, I will treat this as if I didn't earn that money. Mm-hmm. And then, and you, and then you keep track of your income and expenses. You know, sometimes people want to get too technical about all oh, what app can I use? What can I do? Like even a regular, you know, those high school notebooks. Yes. <laughs> work. Like, okay. If today you did something, if you, if, let me tell you, before there was a period of time that I was unemployed and I said, I like to clean. I'm going to clean people's houses. And that's what I did. And in a little notebook, I kept track of the dates, how many hours I spent cleaning, what the income was. Then I calculated and that was last year. I haven't filed my taxes, by the way. <laughs> we have until July 1st, yes. uh, July 15th. Um, and and then I know ex- every single day how, how much I made. Now I have to sit down and make that um, payment because I, I did that towards the end of the year. Um, and then I, I every time I p- bought something that was related to cleaning, I kept the receipt. Mm. And yeah. it was just there in my notebook. And every every couple of weeks, I would sit down and make a list. This is what I did in that, you know, tolls, parking, whatever. So that it's there. It's a system where I know how much I made, how much I spent. Yeah, it's and then And then once you know how much you made, how much you spent, then what's left, it's your profit. Mm-hmm. That is what you need to then decide what you're going to do with it. And, and, and then, you know, if you're doing this for a while to not get in trouble with the, with your taxes, then you need to understand that you need to pay every certain amount of time during the year. You need to pay the government, the taxes so that you don't get a big tax bill at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Because it's very those estimated tax payments. <laughs> yes. So those guys, oh my God, I... It really hurts my, it really breaks my heart when I see that people get this, not only big bills, but also uh, penalties for underpaying your taxes. And it just gets completely out of, out of control. And then you say, you know, I'm just going to give up on this whole entrepreneurial thing because uh, this is costing me too much and it's giving me too much trouble. Yeah. So well, I think about, that's what happens yeah. when people don't do it right. Like the first yeah. thing I did was get an accountant <laughs> because I wasn't about to teach myself how to deal with the IRS. I did exactly. not want any issues. And so, you know, as a business owner, the cost of having an accountant is tax deductible. So like yes, just exactly. do it because you're exactly. saving yourself so much but drama. It, it, that's true. But in my case, I'm a doer, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> because that's what I have been doing. Yeah. I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm a doer. And if I don't understand something, I will go and read for it. But at some point when you're an entrepreneur, when you're an entrepreneur, of course, you don't have time for that. Yeah. So, yeah, you probably need to shop around and and, and 
find people on Instagram that are doing business consulting mm -hmm. and are tax consultants. And if they have free webinars, you show up on all the free webinars before you pay anyone. Any, you know, there are yeah, different yeah. ways you can do before, before, because sometimes you just don't have the money when you're starting out to pay an accountant. Right. Uh, if that's the only thing you're doing, if you are employed, then maybe... Maybe you need to adjust your expenses so that you have money to pay an accountant or pay for whatever you need to support your business. Um, but of course, getting an accountant should definitely be the ideal, the ideal thing, right? Right. Um, and it's a very, it's a very smart thing. And I think a lot of people don't realize like the more organized you are with your money yes. and your finances, the less it's going to cost you. So yes. it, you know, an accountant that has to go and scrub through your statements for the past 12 months to figure out what are business and personal expenses, they're going to charge you thousands of dollars to do that work. So you yes. can save them the trouble and save yourself from a, a big bill just by doing yes. basic stuff. Exactly. So even if, if you, if you're not a computer savvy person, because I'm always thinking about my mom. My mom doesn't know computers, but she knows she knows how to write things down. Yeah. Even if you have to give your accountant a copy of of your notes for a whole, a even a whole year or whatever, how how often you want to do it, that by itself saves you money and saves the accountant time because they, they that person doesn't have to go through your receipts. Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you, I have worked in positions where, you know, when you start in accounting, that's what you do. You go through people's receipts. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes hours. Yeah. And all of that hour, those are those hours are getting built to the client. Mm -hmm. And in my case, you know, the clients that I work for, the clients that worked for the companies that I worked for, those were definitely people in company that had the money for it. But our best clients are the ones who are organized so that, you know, we can get the job done quicker right. because you don't want the same way. Like if you're a consumer, you don't want to give your money for things that you could have easily done yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's one way. If you do some of the work day in and day out and you can hire an accountant for three hours, three, five hours, I don't know, even 10 hours for the whole year. If you at least did that work ahead of time, then that's going to save you money. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So I am curious, what money advice do you wish you had been given as an 18 year old? Well, well, and I remember at 18 years old, <laughs> I was, yes, living in San Cristobal too go and live in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. <laughs> and my money advice that I wish I had been given as an 18-year-old is that you can make whatever money you want. Mm. And that if you are here in the U.S. or whatever you are, the money is there. You just have to learn to look for it. Yeah, that's great. That's, I think, what I wish I had now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing it now. You, you're getting it now. So right. you followed your own advice because you had to learn that for yourself. Yes. And so what is your proudest money moment? My proudest money moment is every time I pay 
a student loan debt. Oh, yes. Uh, so I've been working for the last past years, uh, working through my federal student loans. I reconsolidated some of them, and now I just have like one loan that I'm trying to pay off as soon as I can, hopefully by this time next year. Um, so every my proudest moment is every single time I'm able to add money to my emergency fund. Mm. Every time I am able to pay off a debt and not see it again in my life. Uh, every time I'm able to save for something without having to charge my credit card because I didn't have the money for it. And so that's like, to me, saving really, every time I get paid and, and I know that saving goes first, I, I feel rich every, every time I get paid because I know I can save it. Like I really, really, <laughs> it's a very strange thing, but I feel happy. <laughs> when I save money, I feel happy. Anything that's that can, addicting. <laughs> sorry? Yes. That's but, addicting. but not only saving just for the sake of having it, it's like, if I have saving goals, every time I even add a dollar to that, I said, that's $1 more. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, definitely every time I see that my student, every, every time I have paid a student loan, a student loan um, balance, that that's really so far because of this point I am in my career and my life. That is definitely my proudest moment. Amazing. And so on the flip side, what is one money mistake you wish that you could have avoided? <laughs> oh, yeah. I went on a vacation once and paid and put it all on my credit card. Girl, we all done that. I've done that <laughs> yeah. multiple times. Please. Yeah. I like, maxed out a card one time because, you know, you only live once, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I went, I went to Morocco. Oh, wow. And I was convinced that when I was going to come back from Morocco, I was going to have this job that I knew I was going to get. And that didn't happen. And I had a balance on that credit card for months and months. Mm. And every time I saw that I was only paying the minimum on that and that I only thought about, Jesus, this trip was really worth not like I I really regret that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you live and you learn, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. So I'm curious, what is your money mantra? Money loves me. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> it's like, we are friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I just need to learn to treat that friend better. And that friend is going to help me out. Oh, yes. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> and I love your newest um, infographic, like stuff that you're creating on Instagram. The one that says money is also female and Latina. Yes. Like that is so powerful. Where did the inspiration come from, from that? To be honest, I have no clue. <laughs> when I was... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Spiritual <laughs> message. When I, so I have been on Instagram doing this, you know, initially was like my, I have a, my personal Instagram account and I was trying to share money, uh, my different tips on money on my personal account and that mm-hmm. didn't go so well because people <laughs> didn't, my friends were not interested. Yeah. And and I started that like in April of last year. That's when the Fortune Coach started. But then towards August, I got in contact with someone to help me to brand my idea. And part of the branding was that. Who why are you here? Why do you want to do this? Why who are the people that you're serving? And and what's the message that they that you want to uh, send? And the message was, money is your friend. Female, females can be good at money, and Latinas can be good at money. Mm. So it's like a multi-layered thing, but it's very powerful because we sometimes think that men are. We know that the majority of the money in this country is concentrated in like in the hands of men, but wealth and money is also for Latina and it's a freaking Latina. It's a female Latina too. (laughs) Amen. I love that. So that's kind of, you have to own it and then you figure out what the problems are and then you go and you go for it, you know, and you tackle the problems one day at a time one month at a time, one year at a time, but you need to understand that money is also for women and and for Latinas specifically to have. I love that. So that's where it came from. And it's it, it was just, you know, me believing that I can have whatever whatever I want to have in terms of money. And then that um, illustration was basically making that belief a reality and share it with those in the community so that they also start believing it. Yes. And it it was very powerful. When I saw it, I was like, you know what? This is like an entire word. This is yes. just, <laughs> I felt inspired. Like I need this in a big ass poster, like everywhere oh, that I am. Oh my yeah. God. It's amazing. You have to, you, for that, you have to contact Indira because mm-hmm. she's the artist. You know, I, yes, I, yes. I made it happen, but she's the artist and she has her rules for printing and distribution. So that's the thing that I cannot help you with, yeah. but, <laughs> but she made it happen for um, the fortune coach, but it's really something that I, that really, that was like a very important moment because I said, this is official. Like this is the, this is the message of this whole work. 
and and I have another one coming out, but that's to be exciting. <laughs> All right. So Laura, this has been an amazing conversation. So for everybody that wants to follow you and Fortune Coach and everything that you're doing, where can we find you? Yes. So you can, on the web, you can go to fortunecoaches.com. That basically says about what I do. Um, But you can follow me on Instagram at the Fortune Coach. We have a newsletter which comes out once a month. And we have our first um, service called the CFO Money Bootcamp, which is a beginner's bootcamp for someone that has no clue where they should, where they should be, where they should start. And, and that's kind of my first little baby that I want for anyone that needs to help to even start in or needs someone that can look at their stuff and say, you know, this, this is my mess. Help me to unravel this mess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we do it on a, on a group coaching level. Um, meaning I, I talk with you in person, but then, but then as a group, we work on the different steps that we need to take to accomplish the goals that we have as a group. And so that's kind of what I'm doing, where how you can get involved. But I'm primarily on Instagram at The Fortune Coach. <laughs> awesome. Laura, thank you so much for this conversation. You are super inspiring. And thank you for thank sharing you. your vulnerable, <laughs> you know, like your story about the your curly hair girl. That resonates so much <laughs> with me because I have a niece who is Afro-Latina. And oh, yes. my mother is of the generation of Latinas that it's like you had to straighten your hair And she has been trying to like influence that whole discussion. And I'm telling her, no, mommy, like you need to let her wear her Afro. Like that is okay. Like let's stop perpetuating this colonial beauty standards because that shit drives me insane. Yeah. But the thing is, if you're with your curl, it takes time to, for you to see your real curl. Yeah. Because the way you see it now, that's not how it, it will be forever. You just have to make the decision to accept the curl or whatever whatever hair you have and learn to manage it the same way with money you accept the mess that you have <laughs> and then you make a decision listen this is what's what's going on but i made a decision to to make the best of what i have i will learn to manage my hair to treat it how it how it deserves to be treated <laughs> And and then I will do the same thing with my money. So it, it all starts with me understanding where I am, who I am, what I have, and then just learning how to make the best out of it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I love that. Thank you. It has been my pleasure. Man, that was a powerful episode. I am so grateful to Laura for sharing her vulnerable stories about discrimination that she's faced in the workplace and how she was able to overcome them. Because you know what? I think a lot of us can relate to that story. Many of us have dealt with microaggressions in the workplace. Some of us have dealt with full-on discrimination. And, you know, unfortunately, it's a sad reality that we have to deal with. But at the same time, Laura basically said, F y'all, I got this. I'm handling my shit. I'm going to be a boss woman. And that's exactly what she's doing. So I hope you guys follow her at The Fortune Coach on Instagram. 
And I hope you love this episode. If you are loving this podcast, please make sure to share and subscribe and please rate and review. That's how people like you can find out about this amazing podcast. Until next time, guys, stay strong, stay independent, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.